This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, the president's latest pick to lead the Office of Personnel Management comes under fire. One of D.C.'s industry experts is leaving his high-profile post after nearly two decades. And a congressional committee is launching an investigation into recent tragedies at Fort Hood. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Peter Masurlian, in for Eric White. Four government oversight groups are raising concerns with the president's latest pick to lead the Office of Personnel Management. The group say OPM nominee John Gibbs doesn't have the experience or qualifications to lead the agency. They say Gibbs' previous statements run contrary to OPM's mission as an independent advocate of merit system principles. Gibbs will appear before the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee for his nomination hearing today. The project on government oversight, known as POGO, and the Government Accountability Project are among the groups that express concerns to committee leadership. One of D.C.'s industry experts is leaving the Professional Services Council. Federal News Network's Jason Miller reports. Alan Shavakin, one of the most knowledgeable experts in the federal acquisition community, is exiting his current role with the Professional Services Council at the end of 2020. Shavakin, the executive vice president and counsel of PSE, confirmed that after 19 years with the Industry Association, he'll be moving on as of December 31st. PSC and Shavakin couldn't agree to terms of a new contract. PSC says it will hire two executives to replace Shavakin. One will focus on congressional affairs, the other will focus on acquisition policy issues. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. Members of this industry group say end-of-fiscal-year contracting is slower than usual. More now from Tom Temin. A confluence of factors is causing the weaker-than-expected contracting, say companies in the Professional Services Council. They have the dual need to assert they aren't using Chinese telecom gear and that their cybersecurity meets minimum standards. Those half-gelled policies might be slowing things down. Council CEO David Berteau wonders if contracting officers are distracted by teleworking and uncertainty over dollars remaining. With 22 days left in the year, the next question is how long the continuing resolution for 2021 will be. I'm Tom Temin. The last major piece to getting the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification, or CMMC, ready for broad-scale use should be final by November. Katie Arrington, DOD's Chief Information Security Officer for Acquisition and Sustainment, spoke at the Billington Cybersecurity Summit yesterday and said that the defense acquisition rule has moved through the process more quickly than almost any other regulation. She says the final rule will implement a standard DOD-wide methodology for assessing contractor compliance with security requirements, and it will help institutionalize CMMC across the department. Civilian federal employees should see the first signs of the president's payroll tax deferral next week. The Defense Finance and Accounting Service says the deferral is effective with the end of the current pay period on September 12th. Payday for most civilian employees falls on or around September 18th, while payday for the military is September 15th. Military officials are warning troops to hang on to the savings they earn for the rest of the year so they're prepared to repay them next January. There's more movement toward filling the vacant leadership roles in the Pentagon's personnel office. 
Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has the details. The president nominated Matt Shipley to be Assistant Secretary of Defense for Readiness. Shipley currently serves as a civil servant in the Personnel and Readiness Office, and before that worked as an aide to Senator Ted Cruz. The announcement came a month after the White House announced a nominee for the Principal Deputy Undersecretary position. The Personnel and Readiness Office has had chronic vacancies for the past two administrations. At one point earlier this year, four out of five of its political positions were held by acting officials. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. The Air Force has awarded a more than $13 billion contract to upgrade the ground-based portion of the nation's nuclear weapons portfolio. The award to Northrop Grumman covers the first eight years of work to replace the aging Minuteman III missile system. The full upgrade, which the Air Force calls the ground-based strategic deterrent system, is expected to cost at least $85 billion over its lifespan. The House Oversight and Reform Committee is launching its own investigation into recent issues at Fort Hood, Texas. Since August 2019, four service members have gone missing from the base and were found dead. About 130 felonies are committed annually on the installation. The committee is seeking documents and information from the Army on the incidents to determine if there may be underlying issues with leadership, morale, and discipline. Last week, Major General John Richardson IV took over as the new commander of Fort Hood. The Air Force will now allow unit commanders or civilian directors to grant emergency leave to airmen and space professionals. Emergency leave can be given for a death in the family, serious medical condition of a family member, or for any other hardship the commander deems appropriate. The new authority eliminates steps to get emergency leave approved so employees can get to their families faster. The authority will also prevent airmen from going into unfavorable leave status in difficult times. Emergency leave can only be granted once in a service member's career and only last for up to 14 consecutive days. The Cyberspace Solarium Commission calls for a shakeup in the federal cyber workforce. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. The commission says more than one in three federal cyber jobs are left open and is trying to find ways to fill them faster. The bipartisan panel recommends agencies keep reskilling current federal employees for in-demand cyber jobs and supporting apprenticeship opportunities to recruit new talent. The commission also recommends standing up a federal cyber service to provide agile hiring authorities and other personnel management tools. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. Key lawmakers on the House Armed Services Committee say they're cautiously optimistic that legislators in the White House can come to an agreement to create a national cyber director. The position was opposed by the Trump administration earlier this year. However, House Armed Services Emerging Threat Subcommittee Chairman Jim Langevin says he has had some productive talks with the White House Chief of Staff on the issue. The cyber director position would serve as the principal advisor to the president on cybersecurity strategy and policy. The role would also consult with federal departments to develop the U.S. national cyber strategy and supervise its implementation. The IRS is mailing letters to nearly 9 million Americans who may be eligible for an economic impact payment under the CARES Act but have not yet registered to claim one. The agency is targeting individuals who don't normally file federal income tax returns and haven't done so for 2018 or 2019. Non-filers have until October 15th to claim the economic impact payment or they can claim it as a credit on their 2020 federal income tax return next year. A bipartisan bill seeks to incentivize electric vehicle usage at agencies. The Charging Helps Agencies Realize General Efficiencies, or CHARGE Act, 
would allow federal employees to use fleet services cards issued by the General Services Administration to pay for recharging electric vehicles. The bill's sponsors, Congressman Ro Khanna and Anthony Gonzalez, say federal employees are limited right now to charging electric vehicles at agency garages. A Senate version of the bill introduced by Senators Gary Peters and Rob Portman passed last November. Find these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com and stay up to date on your agency's response to the coronavirus on our coronavirus resource page. I'm Peter Masurlian, in for Eric White. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.